You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 410th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt in beautiful, lovely, oh my gosh, it's so cold now, Minneapolis. And Spencer's on assignment above sea level um, <laughs> in Mexico. Yes. I think, is, is, he, is he scouting out the, uh, the, the Slow Ride Podcast hour track, hour velodrome track attempt? We yeah. did all we can get to beat Ghana. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's definitely trying to figure out a way that we can so, all go thirty-five miles an hour for at least three to four seconds. So, what's the um, what's more impressive with what Ghana did? Because he also just broke the individual pursuit yeah. world record. Yeah. Um, flying high right now. His 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 form is amazing. Fastest. Okay, so world record, and then also. Um, was at sea level when he did it. So he didn't even need to go to um, Mexico City, which is a a favorite location Mm -hmm. for anyone trying to uh, break records on the velodrome. Yeah, he's he's, he's super impressive right now. Just, yeah, pretty crazy to do an hour record and then just go knock off another world record the next week. But obviously the form's good and the hour didn't seem to hurt him too much. So... Cool. That's enough uh, our record talk. Let's get to the biggest news of the day. Uh, the USA has uh, won the sixth monument in cycling, the Japan Cup. Yes. Arguably the coolest and best race on the calendar. Yeah. Every single year I watch um, a couple laps of it for a couple reasons. One is it's always on at the perfect time when I wake up in the morning because it's kind of... I don't know how the time time works, but it's always like the last like two laps I get to watch somehow. And it's great. Nelson Palace takes the win for the USA, which is awesome. And his teammate, Andreo Piccolo, gets second. And then Benjamin Dieball of Team UKO. UKO? Yeah, sure. Um, it's cool. I don't like their jerseys. I'm just going to say it. But... It's always cool to see um, teams that are in the uh, the uh, APAC region um, get to race um, against the uh, quote unquote big dogs. Yeah, I mean he's so uh, he's got some good results in that in that part of the world. He won Lang a few years ago, so guy's legit. My favorite things are the feeds that I get to watch for the Japan Cup. Always have uh, Japanese commentators. That's always awesome. So I don't know really what's going on except when they say <laughs> Nelson Paulus's name. That's great. Uh, I love that it's a lap. Um, I love a, any race that is laps. I wish more races did laps like this, where it's just a, you know what, like an eight kilometer circuit or so, and then you just kind of you know the climbs. They mm-hmm. they look great, and you've got like sixteen laps that you do on the race. It's yeah. um, always fun. Well, that's why the um, the. I mean, that's why Worlds is fun in a way, but they're always longer lives. But that's one reason I think like the Canadian World Cup 
the Canadian races, the Quebec and the Montreal races are fun because they do a ton of laps and you know, going, you know, you know, like, okay, we're hitting that spot where someone's going to attack every it's, lap and it's, yeah, it's fun. And it was 14, 14 laps, 144 kilometer race. So, you know, 10 mile, 10, 10 kilometers a lap, six and a half miles. Um, Palace one solo attack, seven and a half to go. Pretty rad, pretty bad. And awesome <laughs> to see some congratulations to him for the victory. Um, the greatest of all the races, little guy, I will say it now. I know that, uh, Spencer agrees, but if we can ever find a way collectively for us to go to that race, um, I don't know if there's any benefactors out there, <laughs> any old, old doctor, doctor money bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we apologize if I just realized that, uh, a dentist is never going to help us out, uh, cause of all the comedy that the dentists and their titanium bikes have brought us. But if there's anybody else that wants to get us to uh, Japan for the Japan Cup, that would be awesome. It would be awesome. And I'd just like to go to Japan. My uh, Kate, Caitlin's been so, to Japan. and, and, and Can we yeah, just get a, a women's Japan Cup race? I mean, that's the only, I mean, that's the, only, that's the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only been 29 uh, ver- uh, editions of the Japan Cup, so you got to figure that they've got a good 130 more years before they catch up to uh, Paris-Roubaix for being yeah. an equal road race. I suppose. They should still so. probably get a women's race. So, Sooner than later, maybe. Look, Let's not wait that long. The season's over, little guy. The road season's over. Cyclocross is here. We'll talk about that momentarily, but um, bye-bye, Lotto Sudal. <laughs> Yes, but you know, with the automatic, they still get the automatic invites, right? I think it's just that is Israeli, whatever the heck they're called now, they don't get invites to Grand Tours next year. I think Lotto still does. I don't, I don't know. I'm confused by it, and I've read all the, the pro- inner ring explainers on the, on <laughs> yeah, the like they yeah. come out every week, which so- are excellent if you want to really know about the relegation battle. And I'm still always a little confused. I'm confused what it means for next year, I guess. I feel like I'll be surprised every race. I'll be like, oh, Israel's there. Oh, Lotto's there. I don't know. But Lotto's a disaster right yeah. now. So <laughs> that team's crumbling. Like, who are they going to have next year? It, They'll have Caleb Ewan. They're losing Gilbert. Wellens is leaving. Who? Uh, they have, like, two young guys that are decent, but that's kind of it. Yeah, well, that's why they're getting probably... <laughs> Do they? They have a new sponsor coming on board. Maybe that will bring them. They the do, and land. just today that sponsor was—I forget even which site I saw it on, or maybe I just saw it on Twitter. They—they they were like, you know, if we knew, if we knew how bad it was going to be when we signed the paperwork back in January, something of that effect of like, if we knew this is where we're going to be when we signed this paperwork, we probably wouldn't have signed on. So, so obviously they're a non-endemic. Uh, they're a non-cycling uh, brand. If they didn't know how bad Lotto Sudal was, um, you know, do a little bit of research. Tell you what, if you're a professional, if you're a sponsor looking for to sponsor a professional cycling team, give us a call. Email us at theslowridepodcast.com. We will, um, at gmail.com, we will give you our expert opinions um, right away. Uh, so little guy, uh, exciting part was Japanese commentators, an American winning Great teamwork from Andreo Piccolo to get the second step on the podium. Um, disappointment. Do you want the disappointment? Or actually, the course is awesome. I love the leafy green roads. Really, want, <laughs> just looks awesome. Uh, disappointment. No women's race. Yeah. And complete lack of Toyota Hiace vans 
or anything else resembling the cool um, Japanese car culture that we import into the U.S. Mm-hmm. on like the, the minivans, any of the vans or the little pickup trucks with the right-hand drive. Yeah, no, no Complete lack pickups. of awesome. Yeah. You know, I think maybe they just didn't realize that we're as excited about that over here as 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 we are. They didn't they didn't know what what to hype, you know, what what to be into. I every day yeah, I knows? see more weirdo uh weird imported Japanese cars around town here, so all the rage it is all the rage well little guy let's uh roll right into the other big racing and that's down at fayetteville northwest arkansas for the walmart world cup um let's see uh taking the win on the uh men's side back-to-back world cup wins for eli Ezerbeat. i did see the sprint from friend of the pod todd allward's uh instagram feed mm-hmm. looks pretty awesome over lauren Sweek with michael van Tornout taking a uh, third place. And then on the women's side, you have Femme Van Empel uh, beating Lucinda Brand and Anna Marie Worst. Um, pretty awesome. And that is back-to-back wins as well for Femme Van Empel. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I, I just watched some highlights. It's, it was good. It's just a grass crit though. I don't know. Kind of, it kind of bores me. Well, but bit. I mean, last year it showed what it could be if it gets muddy right at the world championships. Yes. Like, oh, at the, at the, yeah, at the World Cup, the World Championship was grass crit again. Yeah, yeah the so, World yeah. Cup. Sorry, but the it is October. What do you expect? You know, maybe last year was the aberration here with the muddiness, but it's a cool race. I hope the World Cups keep happening. Do you think we're at like kind of a nadir with them? Like until like if Trek pulls out, then they're done. Oh yeah, is Trek gonna pull out, or is this? Are you? Are you? I don't think they're going to. No, no. I'm saying that like, like clearly they're coming because Trek is such an important sponsor. But if like Trek eventually, you know, it's just like, Hey, you don't want to take a a year or two break. Like, I doubt they're just going to come for Fayetteville. Like it's a good tack on. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I guess all the money is there. It's gotta be too. Cause otherwise it's, I'm still like, I know that uh, years, a couple was it like three years ago. They were like the promoters of the Montreal world tour races. Mm hmm. We're looking, or maybe it was Mount St. Anne. Like you think with like how long Mount St. Anne goes on that like they could, they could get a, a Montreal world cup and then somewhat make it worth it. But I mean, I got to imagine that that drive, can you imagine doing a Madison to Fayetteville to <laughs> Montreal road trip? No, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. I mean this, if Spencer was here, this is the part of the show where he'd tell us how there needs to be a world cup on the East coast, new England cyclocross, Yada 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 yeah. yada yada. That's that's where it needs to be. But it is <laughs> funny that we just have we have World Cups and they just they happen just right down the middle of the country. We can't seem to we can't seem to do World Cups on the on the edges. Somehow the Midwest and the, well, and, the and flyover country has stolen the all the World Cup thunder. Yeah, it is a it is kind of hilarious. I mean, it I I didn't go this year. Um, last year I went to uh, Trek, as you know, for the World Cup, um, and you didn't go down to Fayetteville. I maybe it's just like as I've gotten older, like I just I'm a little bit more reserved, removed from cyclocross. So like I'm getting it through uh, secondhand and like the uh, my membership to um, the cyclocross uh, Substack, the CX Air's uh, news bulletin Substack, and also um, cyclocross radio. But yeah, same. I mean, I went to. I've been. I've only been to Trek once since it's been a World Cup, and I went 
four, I don't know, four or five years um, before when it was just a UCI deal. So, but you know, the, you the course, the course again looked awesome. I mean, Fayetteville is like on fire right now, right? So they've got the Cyclocross World Cup. You got Big Sugar coming next week. People for Bikes was doing their uh, um, shift uh, meetup, kind of like a, a bike conference. So, pretty cool there in northwest arkansas it seems like every brand is trying to move there move their headquarters there um pretty uh pretty amazing i will say that uh the photos uh from the aforementioned todd little guy one thing i noticed uh the slow ride podcast t-shirts made appearances um both spencer and mine um unfortunately did not see uh any photos of of uh, old uh um inspector uh, uh no you mean uh yeah, no, Todd had Todd had your shirt on. Um, yeah, which you know I'll have to talk to him about that. That's, but I think so he was going for the he was going for the sweep. You know, he was going for the trifecta, the yeah. trifecta of, yeah. of, of of getting his photo with at all these with pros with different shirts on. So I I understand it. Um, it's a true gentleman. So a few um, a few uh, last week we did ask about um, the Holmgren sisters. Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, and did you email. see the email we got from a friend of the pod, uh, Leif Maitland? Yeah. Uh, you just Quickly mentioned. too. Leif, ho- I got to say. Boom, yeah. On it. <laughs> yeah. First day listener right there. And, and, uh, good and, day, slow people. Yeah, and Canadian Porter. You just mentioned the Holmgren sisters on your show, but here in Ontario, we have the entire Holmgren family to deal with. <laughs> I think they might even have a cousin from Minneapolis, Chet. I think his name is happy riding, you know, Leif, um, when I saw that, I was so just, thank you so much. Um, just Chet Holmgren. I know that, uh, Chet is not going to play this season for the Oklahoma thunder, but, um, can you imagine that guy on a bike? He'd, he'd make Bill Walton look small and, uh, he would, he would be able to run over both sets of uh, the, the set of barriers in just one, um, leap. But yeah. Uh, so this entire Holmgren family, old Papa, is the uh, national team coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. There's, uh, Isabella and Ava, and then they have uh, uh, a son named Gunner. Yeah. And, and anybody looks- that has a son named Gunner, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're for real. It looked like he had some, some uh, legit results in the juniors when he was a few years ago. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. I looked, I looked through two. There, there was a, I don't know. There was a race from a few years ago where it was like a UCI race. It was like the national championships, and 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 the the mom got got like top ten or something. And and so yeah, um, a cyclocross family for sure. Yeah, pretty awesome to see. But uh, thanks so much for that uh, that uh, tip, uh, Leif. Uh, fantastic to see. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening right away. Um, <laughs> rather than letting that one sit in the inbox there for basically our Canadian fact checker just on it immediately um, the, the other news that we had little guy was that uh, as uh, Road Worlds were in Australia is that friend of the pod we had Jeff Aldrich who sent us like a slew of drops and also like radio coverage so I know that we're going to start uh, including some of those but Jeff thanks so much for all the content down there he was saying that the, the, the most challenging part of all of the riders was were the minders like the like the mind the media minder of michael matthews just not letting the slow ride podcast <laughs> get close enough to him for uh for interviews but you know we're old hound dogs we we'll pick up the trail eventually we got we got some good new ones i will i'll start integrating the new drops i apologize for being 
slow and and not getting to him. It's also so, Jeff, Jeff embarrassed us by doing more actual reporting in just a few days yeah. than we've done in, mm-hmm. in 400 plus episodes with with the quality he sent me. I would have never been able to do that. So now, little guy, I know that in the uh, the, the show notes you wanted to talk a little bit about cargo bikes, but I think the most pressing question that I have for you is: uh, Did you buy Blink One Eighty Two tickets for their upcoming tour? <laughs> Hmm. I don't know why that would be pressing to me. I did not. I'm not a fan. Do not care. Cool. Um, all right, let's talk cargo bikes. Uh, <laughs> little guy, what's going on in the cargo bike world? Well, I had a question, a couple questions for you. My, uh, so yep. you, folks maybe know I have a, a kind of weird, weird cargo bike. So, um, like a weird hack together old Surly. I mean, I didn't build it, but anyway, I have a box on the front of it and it tipped over earlier this week and no one was injured. The bike wasn't injured, but the box was injured. The box blew up, um, the way it fell. So I had to partially rebuild the box. And then I spent, um, I spent like a day or two thinking up interesting ways to do it and interesting ways to do it so I could integrate a rain cover. And I ended up kind of building it basically the same way, but mostly because, um, I was, my only my other setup i like my other this is my standard thing i had like multiple broken bikes so my other bike that could have trailered uh tamboon and tamboon and was broken so i was riding uh partner caitlin's very cool delta v head shock cannondale mountain bike but the suspension seat post was kind of driving me out of my mind and i really wanted to have the cargo bike back so i put it back together kind of the same way and changed a few little things but i wanted to ask you you have the yuba right i have the yuba Super Marche, and I have the analog version. I do not have the e-bike version. Okay. If I was to ever get another cargo bike, um, I would definitely be getting an e-bike version. Um, The hills here in Orlando are ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, more more specifically, I know that you're laughing to that, but I would say this is that what I really like about your cargo bike is that you have the, um, or from what I remember, I think you have asymmetric wheels, right? You have a 20-inch up front and then a... yeah like 700 yep. C in the back. Yeah. I've got the two 24 inch ears. So it actually makes the bike a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also got that like kind of extended extra cycle tail almost. Mm. And the, the box itself was prefabricated by Yuba. And it is probably one of the more difficult things I've ever had to like put together because since there's no screws attached, it's a interlocking um, four piece box yeah, and straps. Um, it, it's a very tight fit. Like you really have to bend back some of one of the wood panels to get the the pieces in together. Um, but I do yeah. not have a rain cover on there. You don't have the um, rain I could have because no, um, I wouldn't mind getting one. I think if as soon, when my when the boys get older and they're no longer riding in the bucket, I definitely take the seat out. So I have a seat in there that kind of limits the cargo capacity. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, may remember same. I've um, I went to the uh, before the half marathon when it would run past my house at, at the old house I would go to the brewery and pick up a keg yeah um, that the keg would fit fine but I couldn't like get a cooler in there and I'd have to take the seat out like it was very it's very tight so um, I went to a uh, the folk festival here a couple weeks ago with the boys and put a lot of like uh, chairs and whatnot in there and it just it wasn't as much fun um, but definitely gonna get the e-bike version. I will say this, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Spencer Hackett in Columbus, 
uh, Ohio, I think, just got one of the bullets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's going to be like that. That would be the one I want, and that's got the the twenty four inch front, and then the seven hundred C in the back, and it's yeah. uh, not cable actuated steering, which is what mine is. Yeah, that's I so really weird. don't like the cable actuated steering. Um, I want the rod steering. The cable actuated steering is so so loose and finicky, um, and you know me with um, tools uh, and <laughs> and barrel adjusters. I don't even know which way to turn the barrel adjuster yeah. on this thing. It it is a bit chaotic. Yeah, the ca- the cable steering is weird. I mean, no, yeah, Yuba must be the only ones doing that at this point because yeah, mine's just a linkage yeah. and a couple of tie rods. Um, I was wondering if yeah, if you had the the range shield that my problem is since my box is not you know it's not from like a major manufacturer yeah i've been i've been <laughs> i've been like going to all the manufacturers websites trying to figure so what, out what what manufacturer of that of, of your cargo bike is it <laughs> me partially me so but what, what was the name of your old bike company again oh uh teapot teapot, teapot. 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 Yeah, that's my that's my old croc fi- uh, cross bike. This is my teapot. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I so I've been like going to all these bigger, bigger, you know, air quotes cargo bike companies, and looking at their rain flies, and a lot of them don't give really good dimensions because they're like it fits our box, and you're like, cool, thanks, you know. Um, so anyway, that's that's you been my way of get, like you, trying to try, probably trying get to, like, one made. Have you have you looked at um? There's a place you ever that seen makes... clever. Go ahead. Have you ever seen clever hoods? No. Like the um the apparel, it's like a it's like a hood that I think they're out of Rhode Island. It's like a um it's like a a bike riding rain cape that oh, could yeah, be yeah, perfect yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. Because it it could actually like probably fit over while um little Tomboon and Tomboon's even on it. Um, yeah. There's there's a place. But they may Portland. be able to just. There, there's a place, there's a place in, Portland in Portland that makes <laughs> there's a shock that makes uh makes tops for a bunch of different cargo bikes and they'll make custom ones but they're five hundred dollars and well oof I'm sure they do good work they look great like, how about you just send five hundred is a send lot send me the name of, of the company send me the name of the company let me this is <laughs> offline let's see see if I work some magic uh, do you is there a cargo bike store in Minneapolis there's one in St Paul okay um, on, so. On, on on Selby, so I I, pop in there. I am really into the cargo bike lately. Like I've been riding it a lot more with the boys um, and doing family bike rides uh, with Sarah. And the weather has changed here since the hurricane took all the moisture out of um, the sky. So it's actually enjoyable to ride bikes here again. Uh, but yeah, anyways, cargo bikes for life—they're awesome, fantastic. Oh, I, I having three or four days without it. It was, it's it's like so integral to our life like we could we still bike places but we we like went to the thrift store to buy halloween decorations and i had to be like oh you can't get this and 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 we just kept getting forgetting like what we couldn't carry you know because all i had was a backpack and little things i get so used to with the bike just being like yeah yeah we can get we can get three pumpkins oh wait no we can't get three pumpkins you know yeah like you just you just easy to do I've also been noticing a ton of um, rad power bikes, like cargo yes. bikes around here. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, you know what? More power to them. Leave it to the bike industry to totally, uh, you know, 
partially fail in getting everybody out onto cargo bikes or uh, onto electric bikes the way that this rad power bike company is. I haven't ridden any, ridden any, but they have a couple that, um, I have seen at least three different of the cargo bikes, the long tail dropping kids off at schools and stuff, which is really awesome to see, especially here in Orlando. Yeah. They're the ones I most commonly, I think I see around town. I do see a lot of urban arrows lately. They're popping up more. I, I, you know, like I wow. feel <laughs> what neighborhoods you riding in <laughs> see the urban arrow. Yeah. Right. I riding along the Creek in the, in the morning. I see them. Um, I know what I want to say about rad power. Like you said, more power to them. They're good. They're getting people on bikes. It's great. They're the ugliest bikes in the world. They're so hideous. They're... And, and I'm like, it's, I'm so torn between the bike snob part of me. That's like, that is so ugly. And just like, you just like zip tied a power pack on it. It's kind of drives me out of it, my it, mind. They're, they're like, super it's ugly. It's so much better than anything else. It's so much better than the, there's somebody driving a car. It's, it's, it's great. And I, and it's wonderful and it's getting people on bikes, but like they are ugly bikes. They're it's very, they're ugly, but they're everywhere. And then I was out on the West coast Pacific coast highway for work and downtown Huntington beach. There's like a rad power bikes half a block from the pier probably the most it's got to be the most expensive real estate like in the area and they've like rented a giant like four thousand square foot store for a lot of rental bikes but then also for sales and there's always dozens of people in there it's insane how many e-bikes are all over california now and again it, it goes back to that like more people riding bikes that may just not oh, care yeah. how they look so more people on two wheels is going to only what's going to make it all safer for all of us. Um, yes. Cause you know, just the true critical mass of more people out on bikes is going to just hopefully get more uh, space for us all to ride. But anyway, it's, it's been, I'm getting pretty close to the e-bike purchase. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Family, family, uh, sweet. And then uh, final thing uh, before we get into uh prim lap with a uh, good friend of the pod, uh, Michael Matthews, if we can reach him is uh uh, little Heimar, um, mm-hmm. learned how to finally start on his own on the bike. Oh, that's nice. So I raised his, the, here's the, so as you know, he learned how to ride his bike at two and a half, the strider. Perfect. Highly recommend to all of the parents, moms, uh, and dads out there, get the kid on the strider. Totally works. Yes. And then first day out with pedal bikes, no training wheels necessary. Perfect. But then we kind of reached this plateau where I still always had to run behind, um, him to push. Mm-hmm. I raised up the seat a lot more. So now he only has his tippy toes, mm-hmm. but he can like kind of balance on his own. And then what he does is he's like sitting on the saddle and he like does the tippy toe start like where he like runs and then he, but since he's on tippy toes, it's natural for him to get on the pedals and it's been it's awesome. Speed. And that's, yeah. that's kind of now like opened up the next level where now I'm going to take him to the mountain bike trail so he can meet a tree. Yeah. Um, going to bring Gapped a first aid kit. Yep, gap jumps by the end of the week, and then... Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm kind of, like, dreading the mountain bike trail part, because I know, like, the first <clears throat> time the, the, mm-hmm. the front wheel goes off the trail into a route, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's going to be a sad moment in time, but, you know, we've we've all got to... Sometimes you yeah. got to mess with the bull. Yeah, I, uh, we also, we hit the trails when we can, and it is both great and inspiring and makes me so happy and scares the hell out of me as yeah. my child. So you, 
goes away at a at a reckless pace so fast now <laughs> and so sort of fearless and falls inevitably every time so, but that's so that's you bad. know who doesn't get scared out there on the mountain bike trails <laughs> who's that our man our man um third place world champion tour de france stage winner michael matthews this week's pre-lap I'm Peter Sagan and I'm listening to Slow Ride Podcast. All right, little guy, here we are in the Prime Lap. Let's make this one short, sweet, and beautiful. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com to find out how you can become a member and a supporter of the network. Um, we have lots of folks that have been signing up through our um, uh, listener drive a few weeks back. Uh, and now uh, continuing on with us. So many thanks to all those folks. Head on over if you want to learn more about Cyclocross uh, setup. You can listen to Cyclocross Radio with Bill, Matt, and Zach on the ground in Fayetteville. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Oh, and then uh, Grodio, I'm sure, is going to have a ton of coverage with uh, Big Sugar mm-hmm. uh, wrapping up the Lifetime Grand Prix series uh, in, I think, one more week. It's going to be awesome. It's coming up. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the show. I'm Tommy Walker, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, little guy, here we are. Um, real quick, I just want to say we got a nice email back from uh, Ball Ball, um, our uh, new uh, slow ride podcast Jersey design coming in already got a couple of ideas, uh, flowing. So we're gonna have to reach out, but, uh, awesome to see. And we'll be, uh, can't wait to show off that design where our paid designer who is good enough to, to design the free Jersey for USA cycling, which looked really good. Stoked to, uh, have ball ball on board. Um, and little guy where, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got a nice email. Yeah, we got an email uh, a couple weeks, what is this, over a week ago, and somehow we couldn't find it when we were podcasting last yeah. week. So yeah. I'm going to read it now, since I found it. It was a little uh, a little awkward when I was asking you for it last week. <laughs> well, you know, we're nothing if not the most professional uh, outfit out there. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's one way to put it. So this email is not as timely as it would have been for what it's concerning but you know we wanted to read it it was nice it reached out uh it's from siddhartha camille if i am pronouncing your name right i'm probably not hey hey there amigos i'm writing from wa- uh way far south of the border i live in a city named oh man i'm mixing it up mess it up Querétaro. <laughs> you wrote how's that for a spelling challenge about three hours oh, north of mexico great city <laughs> thanks thanks i have been a religious listener to the podcast since around episode 260 and since then, made all my training rides much more fun and enlightening. Uh, it made it made for sure all the 2020, 2021 pandemic solo rides much more enjoyable. Uh, quick overview, I'm 48 years old now, but raced professionally in the late 90s, six years in Belgium, two years in Italy, and many more racing the Latin American and USA calendar in those years. Uh, for sure, I have Redlands, Gila, San Francisco Grand Prix, Arlington, Philadelphia, and Winston-Salem races to my results sheet, to name a few. 
Uh, you guys are amazing, and as a listener from Mexico, every episode you remind me more and more of the Three Amigos. Don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's a classic. And I wonder which of the three characters you would choose each to be. Let's see what Spencer says next week. But um, if people we, we don't can remember, pick for him, yeah, we can pick for him. People don't remember, uh, and he and Siddhartha writes this too. Three Amigos. It's a 1986 American Western comedy directed by John Landis, starring Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. Uh, it's the story of three silent film stars who are mistaken for real heroes by the suffering people of a small Mexican village, and the actors must find a way to live up to their reputation and stop a malevolent eh, bandit. Um, uh, and then he also, you know, he gave us some crap for missing a week during uh, it, it, the Italian classics, and, you know, that's our bad. Um, but I don't remember that, because that's two weeks old at this point. I... I was thinking about this though. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, or maybe a teenager. I yeah. don't remember. I don't remember I the plot I, at all. Well, I remember roughly. I mean, I think I would want to be Steve Martin just because I really. No, you're definitely favorite. Martin Short. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't really think I, I'll you're be goofy. You're, you're probably Canadian. No one knows the whole height thing. I mean, I'm yeah. probably Chevy Chase because he was known to be the uh, biggest uh, jerk in all of uh, <laughs> Hollywood. I, was I mean, I'll just take that, that one out of the chip. Okay. Like, right. like that, unfortunately, that would make Spencer Steve Martin, which, uh-huh. I mean, let's get to it, though. What is Steve Martin's best movies? What is his best movies? I I'm mean, bi- Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is pretty amazing. Yep. I have it on VHS. I watch it on the trainer sometimes. Start. I, I'm a big uh, movie. Uh, I love Sar. Is it Sergeant Bilko? Oh, I've <laughs> never seen Sergeant Bilko. Sa- Sergeant Bilko is classic that. for me because it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really loved uh, that Steve Martin film because it came out in '96, which is like right when I was like always needing to call in uh, sick to go to. Um, so we had on VHS tape. So like it was like <laughs> it was a classic sick day at school. Like my sick day at school uh, routine was Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman. It was really great to watch Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman because um, the whole like he's a principal in school and then I was like faking sick and then I'd watched a movie about schools. It really empowered me to become a teacher. And then Sergeant <laughs> Bilko was the, was the icing on the cake. Um, well, so what's your favorite Steve Bilko. Martin movies? Okay. Uh, probably L.A. Story. I think for sure LA story. Uh, that's good. I did rewatch Roxanne um last winter at some okay. point. And Roxanne's Roxanne's a fun one. But I don't know, LA so, story, the jerk. The jerk Probably. is the jerk is great. Jerk would be number two. Um I would and then definitely uh um Dirty Rotten Scoundrels number one. But uh, I Father of the Bride too. It got it's really like it's a really point of pride that I am the Chevy Chase here, I guess, because uh, the best Chevy Chase movies are probably the Lampoon movies. Oh, but um, as a you, you I, gonna do Funny Farm? I was gonna say as a kid, I was quite the Funny Farm fan, though I yeah, again not I have not seen Funny Farm in a, in 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 thirty years, so you know. I, and I Martin Short movies, I don't think he's done any. He does have the. Uh, <laughs> Um, he does have the Hulu series, the only murders in the building. With Steve Martin, so. Um, With Steve Martin. No, Steve Martin Short has my dad's favorite movie in the world, Captain Ron. 
with Kurt Russell. Amazing movie. Thank you. I, I and, forgot. And, yeah. And some, yeah. There's that's, a scene. That's your dad's and, favorite movie, eh? Yeah. My dad's favorite. I mean, my dad doesn't care to watch almost any movies more than once. He he has no no love of cinema. But Captain Ron, for years, if I would well, see, go to my dad's house, we would watch Captain cinematic Ron. masterpiece. There is a bike messenger in one of the early scenes in Captain Ron. I believe we've spoken about this. Martin Short gets in the crowded Chicago elevator, and it's one of those scenes from an 80s, 90s movie where the bike messenger brings the bike into the elevator, and it, and Classic. everyone gets cramped. And seeing that even as a kid, I would think, they can't actually do that. They can't actually bring the bikes so, in, right? You know, like. So let's talk about that real quick. Have you noticed... Um, I noticed it a lot here in Orlando and a couple of other cities. Do you see a lot of bikes coming into buildings now? Like they're like the thing that's down here. Like in, you go into the grocery store, like people locking their bikes up in the, like where people get their carts inside the building. It's really strange. And they, coffee they shops. Hey, you can bring your, you can bring your bike in like the coffee had, shop person. I've had people say that to me at places and it feels weird to me. It's, it's extremely weird. I'm bringing my bike in. I mean, I guess it's nice they're doing it out of the like, hey, it's safer in here. So, um, but I think so. Are we I think good? They're, like they're like, underestimating how drippy and dirty my bike will be. Like, if you set a precedent on a nice day, and it's a rainy day, are you still gonna? Are you gonna let me bring my bike in? You know. I yeah. I don't think they want. I don't think they want to do that. Especially Minnesota, they don't want me bringing it in in winter and just a big puddle <laughs> of salt on the ground. Yeah, definitely a lot of puddle of uh, salt and whatnot. Um, do you have the fenders on the bike yet? I saw I it was just, snowing up there. I was getting a little worried. Oh my god, was, that was frightening the other day. Um, I got the bike, the bike that has fenders, my Fuji. I got it working today. So no, up until up until this was the problem last week. Tim is that the cargo bike broke. The only bike I had that was working reliably was my track bike. I can't pull a trailer with a five-year-old with a track bike. I can't put the tag along on the track bike because I won't be able to stop because they'll start pedaling when I say we need to stop and I'm skidding and they're sprinting. Um, so, no, I finally you got know, a couple bikes going. I got. I have three. Hold your breath. I have three working bikes of my bikes plus the cargo bike that I can ride. So I have four of my, of my 10 bicycles that I own at this point, plus my car, plus the cargo bike, which, you know, I share, I have three working bikes. That's a world record for me. That, that, that's a pretty good world record. Um, you, you were mentioning track bikes there. I, I didn't watch any of the track world championships, but I did see the U S won the Omnium and got like third in the, the podium, uh, on the podium the women's pursuit same uh rider across i i haven't been watching enough track racing lately to even kind of go but i will say that um um i was uh perusing uh cycling tips the other day and did you see uh an amazing headline matthew vanderpool was bored in his hotel room so he decided to go do a bike race mm -hmm. um which was uh pretty pretty hilarious because uh uh that's how he went to go do the uh, the gravel road worlds, and then uh, the Giro del Vento. Mm -hmm. But it was oh, really Trenton. good. That just kind of just kind of sitting back there. Anyways, that's how he rolls. 
That's how he it, was, it was a good headline. I, I'll give credit where credit is due. That's a good one. Yeah. So if if we're speaking of cycling tips, uh, we should say, um, oh man, I can't remember his name now. Ian. Ian. Yeah. Uh, has has been uh, after getting uh, uh, crapped on at Worlds by the UCI president. Um, he had a couple great articles in the last couple of weeks, doing consistently um, the- amazing amazing work especially uh, around the um UCI's handling of 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 you know ha- legitimately helping get afghan folks out but then yeah um dropping the ball after the fact and not yeah like what to, happened after yeah not wanting to own it so yeah it's been a pretty good week over at cycling tips they did the uh the huge profile of Austin Killups which was pretty awesome That's friend true. of the pot 16th yeah. place finisher the uh the world cup so uh always uh so you know great to see her get uh the shine that she so very much deserves so what else going on in your neck of the woods i mean season's kind of over spencer's not here to keep the show going so you know (laughs) we could play the game like what would spencer want to talk about um Mm -hmm. where would the where would the jokes come in you know who sh- who can we get to replace Spencer next time? Who c- who could best play Spencer in the professional peloton? Oh, I have for no Halloween. Idea. Who's mm. that? Who's that grumpy? Um, oh, you know, for for me and bikes is like I said, I've got three working bikes, and I've been kind of looking at all the not working bikes and and thinking I really should either have these things work or just get rid of them same so as you know i have another oh i know what we need to talk about because i was thinking um so i have my richie swiss cross but uh Mm -hmm. dan craven's uh bike company's alive up and running did you see that it's now um took his took his first um orders and it sold out in the first like week or sorry on guza bicycles and i think it sold out in the first day they have 25 frames um, they look awesome, handmade in Namibia, uh, with uh, some master builders, and that was launched at the bespoke um, handmade bicycle show. And the bikes look sick; they're awesome. So, major uh, congratulations to Dan Craven. I can't believe I buried it uh, this long, but you can go all the way back to like episode one hundred and nine, I believe he was uh, on the pod, and he told us back in twenty sixteen that he was. Uh, was it 2016 2018 that he was going to be doing a um a bike company yeah like that was his because we asked him we were like hey what's your what's your retirement plan because so many pros don't know what to do afterwards and he knew right away what he's going to do and the all of the content everything about that bike brand is awesome and it's been fantastic to to see Mm -hmm. yeah that's exciting but that the reason I was thinking about that was, as you know, I've got this Klein sitting in my garage. I got to get that all fixed up, get some riser bars on there, try to make it like a one by eight or something on the back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need some uh, trigger shifters and uh, ditch the, uh, I don't know how I'm going to get the riser bars on the quill stem. That might look a little goofy, but we'll figure it out. Maybe a mission send control me, stem. Send me, yeah, you have the mission, you have, oh yeah. I, you have I have a mission control, but I don't think it would fit. It would be like a really weird adapter situation. Ah, take it to your local bike shop. They'll figure it out for you. They'll figure it so, out. It's well, doable. Anyway. Well, with that, I don't really got anything else. I mean, I think we just absolutely crushed another episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, little guy. Crushed it. 
Out of the park. Out of the park. Um, and, you know, it's only natural that uh, we, we, you and I, finish in under 45 minutes. If Spencer was here, it would be about an hour and a half long episode. You know, it's just something about Spencer being here makes me come up with more things that I don't think. I really miss having about. Spencer. I got to, this is a little strange, a little awkward. Usually I'm the one that's gone and you guys carry on so well, but yeah. all right, little guy. Yeah. Um, we want to thank BK one of rhyme Sarah's entertainment for both the intro and the outro uh, music. We also like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the wide angle podium network. You can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. Even me, Chevy chase saying that. We'd also like to see you on our Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride pod. I put some photos up last week of the aforementioned zines. And if anything else, uh, check it out. There's also some good van talk happening right now. Uh, and with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis reminding you always wave to your fellow cyclists. See you out. The slow ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.